Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. If you enjoy Practical Prepping Podcast, we ask you to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it. We also ask you to consider supporting our podcast. You can do that by buying us a cup or two of coffee. You can do that by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. We appreciate any support to keep this podcast coming to you. Okay, I've gotten a little bit ticked off lately reading through some of the social media posts and things that I've seen. I've gotten ticked off about some of the attitudes of some folks and even some of the arrogance of some of the people that are in there. Seems to be my way is the right way and your way is wrong are the two prevailing attitudes that have really kind of ticked me off. And sometimes I see that you must have this skill or you must have this gear or my gear is better than your gear. It's almost like a schoolyard attitude. My pop can whip your pop. As we've said repeatedly, preparedness or prepping is personal. You prepare for the threats you are most likely to face. You prepare for your situation. Here's some things that I've read in some of the posts. If you can't run a mile with a backpack, you aren't a prepper. If you don't know six ways to start a fire without a lighter or a flint and steel, buying gear just makes you a gear donor for people like me when the SHTF. Let me say this, you do not get to define what prepping is to someone else. Again, it's a personal thing. We don't get to define prepping for someone else. Oh, we understand that if you aren't mobile, there are some situations you may not survive, but you can be a prepper and not be able to run a mile. I was insulted by that one for the physically challenged prepper, the prepper in a wheelchair. They can't run a mile, but they can certainly survive where others can't. We also understand if you don't have some skills, your gear may not save you. We also understand if you have gear, you need to know how to use it. Well, our topic today is actually balance and prepping. You've seen the beans, bullets, and bandages saying around prepper circles, talking about food, security, and medical items. And those are important, but unbalanced prepping is focusing solely or too narrowly on one or two areas of prepping. It can also be focusing on a singular event. Remember the Doomsday Prepper series? One prepper family would be prepping for nuclear disaster, another for a worldwide pandemic. Well, that occurred, but it didn't need bunkers and gas masks to survive it. One family was prepping for the end of the world as we know it. Some are prepping for EMP or CME, building Faraday cages and 70s bug out vehicles. Some are just adding more guns and ammo, but no stockpile of food and water. Focusing on the zombie apocalypse, but not ready for snow apocalypse. There are a lot of folks that call themselves preppers that found themselves in trouble in Texas after the snows. In fact, we saw some interesting problems that were encountered in Texas. One person calling themselves a prepper had lots of gear and gadgets, fire starters, knives, guns, ammo, bug out bag but he only had three days of food when it hit. That's a problem. That's unbalanced. One had food and water, multiple propane heaters, and had a half dozen empty 
propane bottles. Some have a dozen AR-15s and 20,000 rounds of ammo and less than a week of food in the house. You can kill zombies, but how do you feed your family? All efforts put on building and supplying a bug out location, but unable to get to it with 15 inches of snow and no real preps at home where the family is. That's unbalanced. There'll always be issues that come up when the SHTF, whether it's snowpocalypse, hurricane, tornado, other natural disaster, but with a balanced approach to prepping, we're better able to be creative in handling those situations. Now, we're not against having 20,000 rounds of ammo, but three months of food may serve you better in a job loss. Not against having $5,000 in silver, but $200 worth of $5 bills may serve better when the grocery stores or the gas stations go cash only, which we saw just this week on February the 26th across the United States when debit cards and credit cards would not work at many locations. Ninja knives and bug out bags are great to have, but propane heaters and bottles of propane do a better job of keeping your family warm when the power is out. Solar power is good, but when the panels are covered with six inches of snow for a week, even the inexpensive generator and some gas will keep the food in the freezer from thawing out. So let's talk a little bit about practical prepping being balanced preparedness. Being prepared to be self-sustaining after the normal disasters that we'll encounter. That's balanced preparedness. Most of us, that will be a regional weather event. We saw that across the southeast up through the northeast. We see hurricanes. We're approaching the hurricane season. We live in a tornado-prone area. Many of you face snow and ice storms or power and water outages. There are some commonalities of all of these SHTF events, and yes, they are true SHTF events, and the commonalities between them is you'll need food, you'll need water, you'll need heat, you'll need shelter, you'll need security, but those things work in all of those events. Those things help in all of those events. There may be supply chain interruptions. We saw some of it with panic buying, at least around where I live. Uh, you couldn't buy a roll of toilet tissue there for a little while because of the panic buying. We might see delivery systems being interrupted. There were and could be, again, raw material shortages. There could be a national tri uh, strike of some type. And being stocked up with the basics is a good thing for us to do. During the COVID situation, Krista and I did not have to leave the house to purchase anything. In fact, we didn't have to leave the house other than me to go to work there for a while. During the snow that we experienced here recently, we didn't have to go to the store to buy a thing. We are stocked up with the basics. Another thing that you can face is a financial threat. That could be a job loss. That's a good time to have savings and investments. It's also a good time to have food on hand. We could see an economic downturn or major inflation. Do you realize that food that you're purchasing for prepping is simply purchasing food at lower prices ahead of time? You save money if you go ahead if we get into an inflationary situation. Maybe an economic downturn or inflation is something that you want to consider precious metals, gold or silver if that's something that you could do. Maybe it's cryptocurrency. We could also see disruptions, and we mentioned this a minute, a minute ago, disruptions in the processing system, and we found that only people that had cash on hand 
were able to make purchases at certain gas stations and at certain grocery stores. So it's not a bad idea to carry some small bills, 20, 10, 5, 1. You carry the fives and the one because if you go in a fast food restaurant and you want to buy lunch, you don't want to pay $20 for a hamburger because you may not be able to get change. There's also security issues that we need to consider. Now, we advocate being prepared away from home and while at home. Now, realizing that not everyone that's listening to this podcast is able to own or obtain or possess a firearm. But what we're going to say is if you're able to purchase a firearm, able to own one, keep it in your home, do that for your own personal safety. But if you're not, go with the highest level that your country or your state allows you to have. If it's a gun, buy a gun. If you can have knives, have knives. Even a baseball bat. My granddaughter kept her favorite softball bat next to her bed when she was in college and she had instructions from her daddy to hit a home run if she woke up in the middle of the night and found somebody in her dorm room that wasn't supposed to be in there. Our whole point there is protect yourself and to protect your family. Now, here's a place you can start if you haven't already started or if you've checked your preps and find that you're quite unbalanced. Do a threat assessment. We've talked about family emergency plans in the past, so sit down and do a threat assessment for your family and your situation in your location and answer the question, what are the threats that you are most likely to personally face? If you're in Montana, you can ignore hurricanes, or if you're in Miami, you can skip the snowstorms. But each of us faces regional or localized threats, and most of us could face job loss, economic collapse, or illness, or injury. Once you've identified your personal threats, take a balanced approach to prepping. Most every threat that covers an extended period of time involves food and water. So food and water is a very, very good place to start. Look over your assessment. Start slowly working on each of those threats, especially with threats that can be used in many different situations. Now, here's some examples. Generators can be used when the power is out, regardless of the reason that the power is out. Inexpensive tarps can be used to cover a damaged roof. It can collect rainwater or can protect firewood from snow or rain. You know, Doomsday Preppers, the TV program, showed their participants preparing for singular events. Focusing on one singular event causes unbalanced prepping. You might be all geared up for nuclear fallout, but are you ready for economic downturn? You know, a 55-acre bug-out location with a cabin, smokehouse, root cellar, that would be a great thing to have. But right now, we're trying to make sure that we can survive Mother Nature's and life's surprises on this little acre that we live on. So far, we've done fairly well. So we encourage you to look at your preps, look at your threat assessment, and see if you are balanced or if you're unbalanced, what areas do you need to balance out. One quote as we end. Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. That's by Robert Collier. Let me read that again. Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. Folks, one day at a time, one prep at a time, and it'll be there when we need it. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping, email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. 
And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.